0: Hello folks, and welcome. Or welcome back to NTI's Japan Real Estate Podcast. I'm your host, Zegna Nakajima, again. and this podcast is brought to you, among others, by our sponsor, Hiroshi Shimizu, immigration lawyer and administrative scrivener. You can find him on his website, japanimmigrationexperts.com, all one word. Drop him a line. Feel free to ask him any questions you may have, whether it's regarding a business visa, investment plan, business plan that you might have that's somehow related to Japan. He's already helped plenty of our clients and potential clients, property investors, business owners, retirees, you name it. Shimizu-san is your man. All right, so for today's episode, special treat and an extra long episode. This is a recording of a video meeting that I've had last week with a new client from Australia. Well, originally from Australia, originally from Ireland, but long-term resident of Australia. His name is John and he's a builder from Sydney, and he does some really beautiful renovation and restoration work, as you'll be able to see behind him in the background if you're watching the video. And if you're just listening in, and it is at all possible for you, you might want to switch over to our YouTube channel and look at the video. We'll link to it in this episode's show notes, because what we've done in this conversation is actual deal analysis. So John's put together some potential properties that he was interested in from various online sources, Now, I can't share those online sources with you directly, not without their permission. And I chose not to ask for that permission, because as you'll see from the video and you'll hear in the conversation, I wasn't always super flattering to those properties and in some cases to the agents and the platforms that advertise them if I think they're really not very good offerings. So what I've done is I've put those numbers into Excel spreadsheets, as we normally do when we analyze and evaluate property deals on behalf of our clients. And you'll see those spreadsheets in the video via screen sharing. And we've really tried to take these apart and not just look at the numbers, but at the actual property profiles, the areas that they're in, um, age of the buildings, typical tenant profiles that may rent them, whether it's via long term leases or short term leases, because John is thinking about potentially doing his magic and turning these units into really attractive holiday stay apartments. And then in the later part of the video, when we get to the last few properties that he's just sent us a day or two before we recorded, so I didn't really have time to put those last ones into the deal analysis spreadsheet, so we just discussed them in principle. But in any case, even if you're only listening in via the podcast audio, I think you'll find some great value in this conversation. It really is nitty gritty, sleeves up, boots to the ground, kind of practical conversation with real life examples of properties that many of our clients are buying or considering buying so i hope you enjoy it and if you are watching the video don't be shy to pause rewind drop down some notes etc and i'll see you again on the other side yep go for it so you've moved to sydney from ireland have you
1: yeah so basically yeah, i moved to moved to sydney from ireland i spent one year in new zealand um, actually after the earthquakes um happened in 2012. <laughs> yeah um so that was very close to the to the same time as japan that was just just before japan actually i think um so i was in new zealand building new homes after the earthquake and we were doing a lot of earthquake repairs um and then from there my my goal was to get back to japan, uh, back to australia to to sort of you know work in sydney and yeah but that's that's what i did Um i got the visas all organized and um I started working for another builder in sydney and i ran that company for um you know three and a half four years and then yeah i set up my own company with my brother and partner and then um, yeah we provide a, um, a renovation new build um, service in sydney so so a lot of restoration
0: sydney. work like this one behind
1: you yeah yeah we do we do we do restoration work um yeah, I guess it would make up 20% of our, our projects doing restorations. I've actually just finished a really nice restoration in Glebe. Um, I don't know if you remember that suburb in Sydney. It's and one of my favourite
0: neighbourhoods. I didn't live oh, in Sydney, Glebe. but I um, I stayed there a lot during my backpacking days, actually. Glebe is a beautiful
1: place. Yeah, mm-hmm. so Sydney, uh, so in Glebe, I finished uh, a project there. It was $1.7 million. It was an um, extensive renovation of an old cottage. Um, yeah. And that's been done really, really tastefully. Um, On top of that, we added a a large extension to the back of that house. So, I mean, that's pretty commonplace in Glebe, where where all of those beautiful houses, they've got such big plots that um, quite often you would have the main house, an extension, and then a studio apartment above a double garage to the rear of the property because they've got double access. Yeah. So it's... um, yeah there's a lot of savvy sort of homeowners sort of cashing in on 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 that at the moment you know um also awesome. yeah so yeah. how did
0: you um how did you first become interested in uh, japan
1: so my partner is um my partner is japanese um i met um i met her uh, i met tomiko um you know over 12 years ago um while uh, actually sorry uh, a bit Fourteen years ago, while backpacking in Australia, yep. so um, so that's where my sort of um, you know real sort of love for Japan started to to get stronger. I mean, I'd always been into computer games, and I'd always known Japan was like a technology giant, and there was always a little bit of an interest there. But not until I actually fully immersed. Um, Tomiko showed me the culture, and I actually stayed in Japan. I've been to Japan eight times and I lived there for three and a half months. Um, so, you know, I, I know I know a little bit about it and I guess I became sort of more interested in property when um, Tomoko's family finished building a family home, but it was a, a two-generation house. Where's she uh, from, Japan? Uh, Narita. From Narita, okay. Yeah, from Narita, yeah. So, you know, um, seeing the property prices around Narita... I was, I was, I was, I was sort of surprised. Um, It was, I think at the time the family built a two generation house for about 500,000 American. Um, And, you know, for the level, for the level of um, detail, it's a project home. So it's the the fixtures and fittings are basic, but, uh, you know, it's still very, very beautifully done. And, uh, you know, it's a great product if I was to try and build the same thing here in Australia, it would cost easily a million dollars, you know? Mm. So, um, you know, and then I was, you know, like any big city, um, you know, properties are always going to be sort of sky high, um, cost per square meter, that is. So I just started to just sort of dip my toes in and have a look at, you know, what it would be to buy somewhere in in Tokyo and actually have somewhere as a base that we could stay at, you know, um, outside of Narita, but just a bit closer to Tokyo. Um, yeah. So I started doing some research um, and then I came across your, 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 your website and um, yeah, started to sort of look a bit more seriously. I think last year I had a bit of a rude awakening from you guys when you know, I had expectations as to what property prices would be, but I was I was sort of looking a bit more rural, um, and you know, that's you know, totally totally understand that. Um, still
0: not as bad as Australia, I'd say. Even in uh, at least suburban Tokyo, is not as bad as Australia.
1: Yeah, no, it's now Australia is still still quite up there. I think the difference, the main difference in Australia and Japan, is obviously. You know the the big capital growth and i think it's um australian people are more inclined to do diy themselves um yeah. and i think property is it's it's like a national pastime yeah you know, everybody's into it everybody's interest is you're we're at that stage in australia where all of the older buildings that were built in the sort of early 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 20th century um you know um all of those properties need renovating now you know there's, there's new generations of people moving in and people's people's the way people live has changed you know they want more space they want more open space um and yeah it's just at the moment in sydney over the last sort of 20 20 years it's um it's just sort of time to redevelop those properties and um, you know, start changing the face of, of 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 the cities in in Australia. So it's just a sort of a unique time, you know. That keeps you busy, I think. Yeah, no, we're we're very busy. Normally, we try to book projects in six months in advance. Um, at the moment, we're booked out for the rest of this year, um, and I'm just in negotiations at the moment with some with some families about starting projects in 2022. So ideally, we would um, have two or three projects running over a million dollars, and sort of when we get halfway through those projects, um, we would start sort of talking with architects, and you know, we would get contacted to see sort of what our availability is, and um, you know, those types of things. So it's um, yeah, it's uh, you know, it's all, a, all all a balancing act, but um, yeah, look, it's enjoyable. We're lucky I do enjoy my job i i enjoy renovating i enjoy building Um, you know having that uh you know turning something from from you know from something that's into you know in 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 this repair and just you know adding value to that property and um it's uh yeah it's great it's what sort of keeps us going and um how do you find
0: that um how did covet affect your business there. I mean, it's getting better now, but um, what, were people having more time on their hands because they were home and now ordering more projects or were people financially hurt and ordering less? So, or?
1: Actually, um, yeah, such a funny thing. Um, I didn't take one day off due to COVID. Um, I sort of secretly had hoped I'd get like a couple of weeks off where builders and people in the construction industry could actually stay at home. Yeah. It happened, look I can't say it hasn't affected us because it's affected the whole world. yeah um, where it's affected us was that I had a project for about 1.4 million dollars and those clients um, had the finances in place. but I think in early January 2020 they had started to get cold feet because of the you know everything that was going on and then February they sort of said we were due to start in February. Mm. And in February, I got a phone call. And it was the homeowners, and they basically said, "Look, John, we're not going to go ahead at this stage. We really don't know what's going to happen with COVID. We're a little bit worried. Um, you know, we're taking on this mortgage. You know, we refinanced, and it it just it doesn't make sense for us to actually do this this this, this big job now." So that was the only job we actually did on. Sort of set us back um, sort of a bit of a month. Um, and, you know, during that time, you know, I had offers from several different other clients that wanted to do smaller jobs. So sort of February, March, April, we started to get a lot of inquiries, you yeah. know, can you come replace a kitchen? Can you come and redo a bathroom? Can you come and do a first floor addition? So, you know, all of the, the, the people that are actually staying at home now were like, well, hang on a second. I'm at home every day. Might I didn't realize that. Yeah. I didn't realize that this house wasn't really working that well for me. I'd, I'd love to do this or I'd love to do that. And, you know, we need an extra bedroom. We need to really reform the kitchen. So we were actually inundated with with, um, with inquiries about new work, yeah. which was, was pretty, pretty good for us. Um, it's really interesting how it's affected different
0: places and different, um, I think probably different people from different jobs and walks of life in totally different
1: ways. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, I know. There's, you know, there's, there's a lot of unemployment here, and and you know, the government obviously did some in, uh, incentives that really, that really helped us sort of prop up businesses, if you like. They had a, a job keeper scheme, and um, they had a. It was basically they paid employees, they paid employers to pay their employees, so they subsidised that up to memory, i think it was about 75 percent of yeah that's what i read. Yeah. yeah and then um employers would just have to top it up if they so wished um during the time we were sort of committed to projects anyway mm. so we had enough to sort of you know spread spread the load a little bit so we were you know we were sort of insulated from it um which mm. is again which is which is quite unique you know so, I'm um, pretty, pretty thankful for that, actually. All right. So, so back to Japan. So, we, you've had a look around. I saw
0: that you've been looking mainly on the um, English websites that happen to publish um, real estate listings. Um, yes, so that's before, correct. Before we dive into it, just bear in mind that they're not always a full representation of what's happening in the market. They're usually actually... Because they're selective in the agents that can publish there, because those are only the realtors who can actually service uh, foreign clientele, and there's not many, not too many of those. Mm. Um, so they'll tend to focus on particular offerings from particular realtors, whereas if you actually, I can't remember if I sent you the link to the um, the normal Japanese website that we usually look for, uh, look through. Um, yeah you just get a wider picture if you actually work with Google Translate. I mean, not all of it is obviously all accurate, but if you work with Google Translate and look at the actual native Japanese websites, um, not only this is the selection greater, but you'll find that the types of properties that they tend to publish can be a bit different. Okay. Um, so just with that in mind, um, let's... Um, I- I'll start with the... Um, with the deal analysis spreadsheet that i prepared based on your first few samples yeah we'll just go through those first and then we'll um we'll drill down a bit but feel free to pause me as i rattle on at any point if you want to ask something just give me a sec
1: i'm so, just can um, you still see me i'm just going to change the screen for a second are you still able to see me yep okay great i'm just opening your email um so
0: I'll share that on my screen here. Are
1: you seeing oh, it? Oh, yeah, perfect. Yeah, that's perfect. Yeah.
0: I'm just wondering why. Okay. So we'll start with this one. Um, let me actually minimize our faces out of here. Okay. So this one in Yokohama Um, didn't have too many issues with it, aside from the fact that, um, well, there was no floor plan available, but I'm guessing that should be um, easily retrievable once we contact the uh, listing agent. I'm yeah. just wondering with the location, whether that's going to be suitable for short-term rentals, um, which I think – actually, before we, before we dive into those, could you um, lay out your plan for me again? Because you mentioned short-term rentals, but then you've sort of gone off it, I think, in one of our um, last conversations. So what were you actually planning to do? Um, what's your plan or what, what are your few plans if you've got a few?
1: Um, Look, ultimately, the plan was I wanted to um, relocate to Japan, um, ultimately. Um, But prior to doing that, I wanted to, you know, possibly get two properties, maybe three, um, with a view to, you know, renting those properties and trying to, um, you know, um, start to build up some capital in in, in Japan, in Japanese yen. Um, And then at some stage, at some point in time, um tried to reform some of these apartments, whether it's a a new uh, kitchen or a new bathroom, um, you know, little things like that, little little touches that I can add in that, you know, I, I sort of had high hopes of trying to add value to wow. these properties. But again, I was I, I think I was wrong in that case because of you know the strict um the strict sort of um rules in japan and and sort of you know you know doing those things doesn't necessarily translate to, to to more income it just probably translate to you know letting your apartment a little bit quicker um you know That's usually
0: so. what we'll find i mean they, they do tend to raise the rent um in most cases but not nearly as much as it will actually cost to renovate yeah um so the percentage yield if you factor in the cost of the renovation costs uh, on top of the purchase price the percentage yield is not going to rise in some cases it's actually going to drop but you okay. will definitely find tenants quicker for nicer apartments that's always true yeah um and also if and when you do want to get into short-term rentals the nicer the place is the easier it is to find guests and then you can charge more for nicer places i mean significantly more yeah, um, but with short-term rentals legislation in Japan, you will either be limited to monthly leases with an actual lease in place and a minimum of one month. Yeah, or if you want to go the real um, hardcore short-term, like Airbnb, and just um, check-ins and check-outs without leases and actually having guests. Um, Then you're looking at compliance and management companies that need to be licensed, and they need to have staff within a certain distance from the property 24/7. So it's a bit more of a hands-on, and there's a bit more planning required
1: if you want to go that way. Mm. Um, Well, I guess, I guess, I mean, the short-term rentals sort of did really excite me. Um, There were a couple of um, studio apartments, um, I believe they're called one or one one room um, in Shinjuku. Um, that you know, um, when when COVID lifts, you know it's it, it's it's a very desirable place to be. And if it means spending a little bit more money to to get something in that location, it sort of makes sense to me financially, um, yep. provided the short term leasing can be put in place. Um, I'm, I'm just sort of, when I was doing some research on, on Airbnb itself, um, I checked the comments of, of these short-term leases and it's, it's normally only, um, you know, positive feedback to obviously great, um, you know, Japanese landlords renting these places, but it's, it's, it's quite often one person that they refer to like, oh, thank you, Aki-chan, you know, your place was amazing. I mean... For me, I'm trying to work out, well, who is Aki-chan? Is she, is she the homeowner? If she's the homeowner and she lives in the local area, she's obviously, she's cutting out the management company for the short-term leases, and she's probably just tending to her herself. In most um, cases, yeah. Uh, so I guess, uh, you know, ultimately, um, you know... I would so, sort of a five-year plan to say at that point in time, I would hope I would be in Japan. And at that stage, I could take over the management myself. If there is an issue with plumbing or carpentry, I could sort of tend to it myself. Um, and those are the types of things that I was sort of considering. And I, in my fantasy land, had hoped that that's yes. the way it would sort of play out, you know?
0: Well, let's let's do it, but again, you have to stay, I think officially you have to um either live in the property or very close to it. Yeah. So there's a limit to how scalable that sort of operation can be. So you can only live close to one or two or maybe three apartments. Um, once you run out of, um, you know, potential places to purchase in your vicinity, you will have to outsource management. Yeah. And that's doable as well. I mean, um, we, one of our, um I don't know if you've checked into um, some of our clubhouse rooms, but one of the uh, ladies that uh, usually host the panel with us, is actually, that's what she does, especially in and around the Tokyo area. Um, she helps uh, a lot of expats when they're away from home to lease the place and manage the place, and she is a licensed uh, manager.
1: Oh, okay. That's interesting. And she's not the
0: only one, so that's doable, um, but they will be charging you 20 to 30% of the gross rental income. So if you are in a position to do it yourself and you've got the bandwidth to deal with it, um, but otherwise, if you're building a large portfolio, then definitely I would outsource management if it's the short-term rentals you're going with, same as you would do with normal property managers. Yeah. Um, so that, that, that's all doable. So, okay. So from this perspective, the, the properties that we're looking at here, um, we're just thinking about long-term leases at the moment and maybe just slightly discuss the potential for short-term in the future. Is that about right?
1: Yeah, that's, that's correct. Yeah. Okay.
0: So with this one, my only reservation at the moment is I don't know if it would be suitable for short-term rentals because the location um, is not super central. Yokohama tends to be um, two, three, four stations that are central and the rest is very suburban. Yeah. So it's a very large city, but uh, Japan's second biggest city. But aside from central all of it is pretty much suburban and it's already a fair distance from Tokyo. So unless you get a short-term tenant that actually wants to be in Yokohama and not somebody who's just staying there because it's close to Tokyo, um, you need to consider the distance to the city center. Yeah. Yeah. So this one maybe short-term rentals, not that attractive. Now, the other thing I want to say about these spreadsheets is this is all assuming that you're working through us, um, or someone yeah. like us who can bridge the gap between you and the realtors and you and the property managers and can handle building management. Bear in mind that if you are going to be living in Japan at some point, um, I guess Tomoko at least would probably be able to at least uh, wrap, the, wrap her head around um, just receiving a monthly report from the property manager and, and, you know, relaying to you any issues that they might want to relay. Yeah. So if and when that becomes an option for you, and you can just remove, you're still seeing my screen, right?
1: Yeah, I can still see yeah.
0: it. Yeah. So you can take off this segment here, which is our fee for portfolio management. And that's okay. assuming that you can deal with building management on your own and you can deal with the property manager on your own and insurance and the property tax and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. And the other thing is if you do happen to get access, I mean, there are Tokyo realtors who can definitely um, service foreigners. Um, Emil, another guy on our host panel in the clubhouse, um, in the clubhouse room, actually does that, but he mainly deals with family homes, not necessarily with investment properties. And when you get onto other English-speaking agents, so they're really like any other realtor. I mean, they're not—they're Japanese, so they're not going to uh, swindle you or you know sell you lemons. But they're not necessarily yeah. going to be—it's not going to be in the full interest to constantly disclose anything that you might want to think about before purchasing. Yeah. Um, okay. Because they are interested in closing a sale, particularly if they are the ones listing the property and they're not working with another agent, in which case they get the full commissions from both buyer and seller. Uh, fair enough. Yeah. So um, it is in Tokyo specifically, it is probably possible to find some agents that you can work with directly. So in case you do that. And this, this section here is our minimum, because this one is under 5 million yen, it's just our minimum cap uh, rate for representing you through the purchase. Yeah. So assuming you work with a realtor director, uh, directly you can get rid of that. And then the worst case scenario would be 15% purchase cost in terms of, instead of 50% plus um, uh, 3000 Australian or whatever it is. Yeah. So that does, whoops. what have I done? So that does bring your value up uh, slightly. So from four to 5%. Um, but that's as long as the rent price stays the same and as long as building fees over here don't go up, which obviously they will over the time. Yeah. And vacancy maintenance, repairs, uh, these are all expenses that eat into your yield as well. So yeah. this one, uh, let's call it four to 5%. With us, if you do want, if you are capable of coming to Japan and uh, Tomoko can sit with you and do the uh, settlement contract and explain everything that they're reading in, in Japanese to you, then you might be able to get away with us just consulting you on an hourly basis. If you want feedback on something. Okay. Uh, in which case, again, the, the purchase costs will be a little bit cheaper. So this one is yeah, four to 5% depending on how much of our services you need involved. Uh, location not super suitable for short term rentals. And I'd like to see the floor plan just to know, generally speaking buildings that are constructed after 1990 or 91 tend to have a separate toilet and bath which is quite attractive to japanese tenants absolutely and um i also like to see the floor plan um i mean the the, the which direction the balcony is facing that's easy enough to find out south or southeast or south southeast is the most popular because you get the most sunlight Um, But the other thing that I'd see in the floor plan is whether there's a laundry bay installed. If there isn't, and next time your tenant moves out, you might want to consider putting that in. It's usually not too expensive. It'll be between 700 to 1100 Australian to put in a laundry bay with drainage and a a dedicated uh, tap for water and so forth.
1: Yeah, that's Um, pretty, it's pretty good
0: yeah and especially for single females who don't like to take their underwear out to the laundromat that that's going to attract more more potential tenants yeah Um so that's what i'm wondering uh if we could see the floor plan that would help me but the other thing with this one is i mean if you're looking for four to five percent why not go for central yokohama or suburban tokyo i mean why would you go suburban yokohama for that
1: well yeah look i guess the thing that sort of reeled me in was the On this particular website that I found the property was it said 10% yield. Now I knew that everything had to be taken away from that. That was the gross yield. But again, I somehow had come to my own conclusion that that um, 10% yield would be reduced to 6% yield, which was obviously wrong again. Um, So I guess that's one of the things that sort of attracted it to me. And then when I checked the, you know, the, 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 the closest train line it was okay, it was a ten twelve minute walk um and I was like, okay yeah i, I can see that, that that's this okay. one's seven uh, minutes actually seven minutes, yeah, you know and that and that sort of was another another tick um yeah, and you know yeah i i guess for this one the short term the short term leasing one I'd, I'd i'd sort of gone off that idea for this particular um apartment um yeah. just because you, you know it was it was yokohama you know it was sort of i had sort of imagined that it would be somebody um you know local um, because it is it is actually tenanted at the moment i believe yes so um, yes. yeah And, well, the and you know thing,
0: it, then, the, the other thing would uh, it might help i'll just break down the purchase costs for you here on the side so that you know how we reach that 15%, that'll probably help you. Um, Cause that's a worst case assumption. It will eventually probably be uh, less than that. Yeah. So um, I'll leave our fee in there for a moment. So the realtor fee is 3% plus 60,000 yen plus tax, right? So 3.3% plus 66,000 yen. Cause taxes at the moment, 10% consumption tax. That's like GSD. So, that gives us, well, it depends on the price of the property. Like in this case, for example, it's going to bring the realtor fee closer to 4.5% with the 66, right? So let's say, let's call it 4.5. We like to estimate a worst case, depending on the price, a worst case scenario of five um, five 5.5%, right? For the realtor fee, which is what they charge for properties um, that are under 2 million yen. And then as the property gets more expensive, it goes down from there. So let's call it the worst case 5.5. Then you've got your legal and registration costs. And these vary depending on the official evaluation of the property. So the official eval is probably going to be different to um, to market price in the sense that it takes them. Uh, they update the prices officially every year when they send out the property tax statement. But their official evaluations, even at that time, tend to be a bit behind the times. Yeah. So if a particular area has gone up in value, you're going to be paying, uh, your official evil is going to be smaller than what it actually costs. And if it goes down in value, it's vice versa. And that affects your purchase tax and your property tax. So the legal and registration fee, and sorry, and also the um, ownership change fee. So your legal and registration fees, um, they can vary a lot if the economy's gone um, significantly contracted or expanded in a particular area and the property market usually follows suit. So it's difficult for us to estimate in advance, but for these level of prices, it's probably gonna be anywhere from three to seven or
1: 8%. Okay.
0: So again, we factor in a worst case of about
1: 8%. I think so.
0: And then, what have I done here? We don't need a link. Oh, it's just underlined. And then um, you're going to get your uh, purchase tax bill anywhere from six to 12 months after settlement, depending on how busy things are at the Legal Affairs Bureau and what their jurisdiction is. Some of them uh, issue those bills in March, some of them do it in December. So depending on when you purchase and where you purchase and how busy they are. And that's, again, that's an average, and it varies a little bit, not as much as registration fees, but it does vary a little bit depending on the official eval. Uh, we haven't seen it go far beyond 2.6%, which is what we usually use for worst case here.
1: And that's per annum?
0: No, 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 that's the purchase tax. It's a one-off. Oh, that's the purchase, okay. Yeah, it's a one-off. And then it depends on whether you've got our fees to, put on, to, to add on top of that or not. So if you don't, let me just sum that up. So without our fees, um, I, I was saying 15% there because this will usually be closer to 7%, worst case. We have seen in some severe cases, like Sapporo, for example, took a big hit in property prices and it took the government a good three or four years to catch up. So we still factor in 8%, but I can comfortably say it's probably going to be a worst case
1: 15%. Okay.
0: Right? And then with us, we um, Our fee is basically 5% plus tax. But in cases of um, cheaper properties that are under 5 5 million, we do have a minimum cap of 275,000, which is 5% of 5 million plus tax. Right? So for the the cheaper, cheaper, cheaper properties, you might go worst case if you're using us slightly under 20%. Um, or if the property is more expensive, it's going to be up to maybe 20%. And as they get more expensive, we discount our fees, and the realtor's fees become lower percentage-wise. Um, and also, the uh, legal and registration fees tend to be lower because the uh, property lawyer, judicial scriveners, also have their own minimums. Um, so, I mean, I, I'll show you how it works once we get into the rest of the properties. But for this one in particular, let me just move us out of the way again. For this one in particular, we're assuming a worst case of 15% uh, purchase cost, plus, if you need us, 275000 which is what brings you down to this 4.11. Okay. Okay, so moving on to the next one. Um, this one is in a very good area. Meguro in Tokyo is one of the best areas, and the interior, as you can see, is, is well done. The kitchen is... Maybe not that outdated, but slightly. It's got a big bath, which is a, a phenomenal bonus in Japanese apartments. It's quite rare. Separate toilet and bath. Uh, no, actually not sorry, not separate toilet and bath. Which was a bit strange for me because this property was nineteen ninety-three and they are supposed to be separate toilets and bath for the ones built after nineteen ninety. So yeah. I just I just wrote there to confirm the build year. It might be maybe just on the borderline, but I haven't seen too many that are past 91 that don't have them separate.
1: So I'm just wondering about the build year. The average uh, rent... Sorry, go ahead. It's probably probably just a greedy developer who didn't want to, you know, unless he's told by legislation they have to separate that the, the toilet and the O4, they're probably just going to it in together, you know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's not a leg- legislative
0: matter. They can definitely build them still together if they want to. It's just the tenants these days are just not going for those. Okay. Um, so the only people you would find in these older properties are really, really low-income earners or really elderly folk who are really used to it from day one, kind of thing. Um, anyone in the young professional, entry-level salaryman kind of bracket would probably very much prefer to have a separate toilet and bath. Yeah, And that's a quite that's quite an expensive renovation. You probably
1: know best from what you're doing. Yeah. Um, I mean, looking at this one, how many buildings are in that, or how many um, apartments are in this property? That's the other thing that the English
0: listing websites don't actually tell us that. Um, the Japanese websites usually clearly state that, but the English websites don't. So I can just make a guess looking at the exterior, um, one, two, three, four, five maybe six units per floor times four floor, maybe up to 24 units or so. And the ground floor also, I can't see because of the cars, whether it has units or it has shops down there. I'm not sure what's the situation. So I'd say probably 10 to 20 apartments. Hmm. This one's on the fourth floor, but it's quite small in size, which leads me to believe there are no any um, particularly wide apartments or penthouses on the top floor. So probably the same sort of structure as the lower ones.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, so yeah i'd say 10 to 20. balcony is facing south which is good because it's on the fourth floor um, i'm wondering the listing doesn't specify if it has an elevator because if it doesn't fourth floor in japan is what we call third floor in australia and other countries so they count the ground floor as number one yeah So whoever's leasing this one has to climb up three flights of stairs. So right there, you probably ruled out most of your elderly tenants. Yeah. Which in Japan is a very large percentage of the population. Um, And also single moms. Sometimes in these small apartments, you get a single mom with a baby or a toddler kind of thing, and they wouldn't be too thrilled climbing up with their, you know, a child in hand plus five bags of shopping. No. Um, So you just fourth floor does get a bit challenging fourth and fifth floor, which is the top that you can get without an elevator by law um, is a bit more challenging finding tenants for that's my main concern with this one. Hmm. Now the average rent from what we've seen on the internet seems to be somewhere between 60 to 70,000 yen for this one. So, looking at a best-case scenario of seventy thousand yen, um, you're looking at very, very low returns, right? Yeah. Yeah. So now the interior um, is lovely. I do like the interior. Um, for sure, term stay, the area would do fabulously. It's a great area. So I would definitely go into this one if you think that you could lease it out comfortably throughout, you know, a large part of the year. In which case, you might conceivably go up to 120 or 130. And then it does start to look a bit more attractive. Okay. And um, But that's a maybe, and it's definitely a maybe now when we've got COVID going on. So, I mean, if the most, the most we'd be able to get out of this one, maybe if we put in a few appliances and furniture and so forth, is maybe 75. Um, still pretty low. If I take out our fee, uh, which is... At this price level is 4%. So if I take our, our fee, we're assuming a worst case purchase cost scenario of 13%. We'll probably be closer to something like 11 or 10 by the time you settle. Hmm. And, and again, if you don't need us for uh, management of the portfolio, management of the property manager of the third parties involved and so forth, if you can deal with them directly, you can take this down as well. But it doesn't really make a huge difference because this one is priced. I think a bit too highly.
1: Yeah, I'm. I'm starting to see what you're what you're saying. I, I guess when I looked at this one, I seen Meguro. Uh, you know, I, I was thought, you know, it's close to close enough to you know Nakameguro. So I was like, yeah. okay, you know, maybe maybe short term lease. Um, the location is fabulous, Don't get me
0: wrong. The location is absolutely fantastic. But um, I think, I mean, look, if we could bring them down to even let's say twelve million which is a bit of a stretch maybe for the seller, but um, I think would be a bit more reasonable. Then it's starting to look a lot better at 70 or 75. Yeah. For central Tokyo to get this, this sort of return, even if you do need to, oh, sorry, this is without us again. Let's bring that back to including us. Um, 4% for Meguro for a unit that's nicely renovated in 1993. That's what I would expect, right? Yeah. Um, And if you need our help here, 4%, 75 if we managed to get that far, 4.3%. And we can, I mean, we can try to tweak it, but it's not going to be a big income generator without um, short-term leasing.
1: Yeah, without short-term leasing. Um, yeah. Let's say, just as a hypothesis, um, imagine for a second that you could convince your neighbors to, to do a short-term less. Not going to happen, not going to happen.
0: If you're talking about strictly short term, like Airbnb without the no, yeah. they've got the owner unions will just never go for it. They, they absolutely 99.9% of the buildings will not do it. The only option you've got is if you own the entire building and if that area, because there are also um, judicial uh, municipalities that can allow or disallow throughout the year for certain portions of the year. Some of them only allow it on weekends. Um, so that that does require a bit more investigation. But if you're talking about a co-owned block situation, strata, where each unit is owned by a different person, don't expect that to happen. You can do monthly leases because there's no really legal leg for them to prohibit that. It's just a standard lease by law. Yeah. Um, so if you're looking at monthly leases, that's where I'm thinking you might be able to get, say, 120000 for it, especially if you're uh, leasing to a foreigner. Yeah. Um, and I mean... Look, we're not an expert on short-term leases, but there are things that you can do to try and tweak the income. But again, it depends on – it's seasonal, and it depends on what the supply is like in the area. The more apartments there are, you have to go by whatever they're offering. Otherwise, you're not going to get any guests. Mm. Yeah. The only advantage you might have because you're a foreigner is if you set up your own advertising platform and your own marketing machine advertise specifically to foreigners who are coming to Tokyo and want to stay in that area – and um, then you've probably got a bit of a leg up on other people who are offering monthly rentals in that area, but are catering only to Japanese or Japanese and Chinese or whatever. Yeah. Okay. Um But that's, that's going to be quite hands-on. It's not, it's not going to be a full-time business, but it's definitely not going to be passive income by any, any stretch.
1: Yeah. Well, that's, I mean, ultimately the goal would be to, you know, obviously the, some sort of a good passive income, but yeah, I, I I totally hear what you're saying. So if we're talking about passive um I'd say 70,000 to be on the safe
0: side. It looks like 60 to 70, but let's say that you do the best that we can to bring it up to 70. And again, it depends on what's happening at the market at that time. Mm-hmm. Um, and it depends on whether you're going to be, I'm assuming you might start with the purchase through us and the management through us. And then at some point when you move to Japan, um, you could probably remove this side of the cost, yeah. the monthly representation, um, in which case you would be scratching 42 I mean, these are worst case scenarios. So let's say by settlement, we hope to maybe get closer to 15%, not 17 or even 14%. But still, you're not going to, I mean, it's not leaps and bounds you're going to be making by that.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: All right. So I'll move on to the next one. Um, this one's 1987. Um, I'm not sure if I've sent you a link to the new legislation coming in for um, properties that are going to be hitting 40 years old and over.
1: You actually did, and I read I, I read through that thoroughly. Thanks again for for sending that information. And it's it's a, to, for the want of a better phrase, it's a bit like the Wild West because we don't know exactly how how we know it's going to be a lot stricter. Um, as you said on your on your in, in your in your um, article, but we just don't know exactly how how strict it's going to be or what those fees are going to be you know they might some buildings i can i I know i'm a builder some buildings will just be they'll just tear them down you won't have a choice yeah you know
0: well it's not it's not a matter of i don't think they're going to force anyone to tear them down but there will be a new system where there's going to be a certificate for um proper management or not yeah so what's probably going to happen is um the, the rare cases in which buildings are really managed perfectly from the get-go, there's not going to be much change. The supply for the certificate, they'll get it and everything will be hunky-dory. Um, yeah. But the ones who are being, um, and it's not even necessarily mismanaged, it's just a case of, you know, the, whoever, uh, they, they go through a rotating head of owner union uh, roster and it's a different person every year. Some of them care a bit more, some of them care a bit less. In buildings where the owners are the occupiers, it's a better situation because they care about the building, and they're probably managing it a little bit better. But if the building is um, owned mainly by investors who each own a single unit and are just milking them for all they're worth, um, they're definitely going to have to step up based on whatever the new criteria is going to be. And then either they will, in which case building fees will suddenly jump up We've seen cases, um, even without this new system, we've seen cases where building fees were suddenly um, raised by 30 or 40 or 50%. So if you look at this one, for example, um, if and when it reaches that point uh, to qualify for the certificate, they might say, bring it up to just 16,000. That's already taking you down by 0.7%, right? Um, If they bring up the reserve fund contribution and the management fee, let's say it goes up to 18,000, um goes down further still and the other option is is that they'll choose not to comply and not to get the certificate in which case your resale value and this one we're actually already seeing what we're seeing is the properties that are reaching that 40 year mark are suddenly being um, sold at heavy discounts yeah probably um because because we haven't seen this until two or three years ago so this is probably we're assuming because people are concerned about what's going to happen at that point if their um, resale price suddenly falls off the cliff and this goes down to four thousand, right? So whoever buys it from you will be happy, um, but if you haven't generated enough income by that time, and um, and that time is just dangerously close when you're buying into something that's already thirty-four years old on purchase. So you've got maybe two, three years to milk some value off it before you're getting a bit too uncomfortably close to where the value will drop significantly. Um, And that's the only thing we're concerned about. If and when the legislation is actually fully fleshed out, which will be probably sometime next year. And we might see that it's not a big deal. But if, and just going off the uh, legislation that they put out in 2019 for Airbnb, which... They did something similar. They sort of issued vague warnings uh, to that effect, that it's going to change, it's going to change, it's going to change. Everybody who was running Airbnb operations was panicking throughout that year or two. And then when they finally did put out the legislation, it really put a damper on those operations um, because everything changed. They suddenly had to comply with a million different things that just didn't exist beforehand. Yeah. So it may not be the case with this legislation, but the risk that it is, is a bit too great for us to comfortably recommend properties at this point that are beyond 30 years old. Yeah. Because no. we, we just want to see our customers be able to get at least five, six, seven years of value out of them before they consider reselling. Mm. Um, which I'm not comfortable with in this case.
1: No, fair enough. I guess the only, the only positive thing i can take from this is is um i am a builder and um, when i look at the when i look at the returns on this one it's obviously you know it's actually a bit more um attractive because it's it's up to whatever 92 dollars per week and um, yeah it's 5.25 percent best case and um, you know this, I,
0: is, this is worst case
1: that's worst case um, and yeah, sorry go, to, go ahead it, if I was going to purchase this property, I would actually go and, and and I want to talk to you about this a bit later on, but I would go and inspect it myself and I would actually hire a structural engineer who lives locally and I would say to the structural engineer, you know, let's walk around this property together. We're obviously looking for cracks, we're looking for um you know existing damage that may sort of need to be uh, remediated in the near future. Um I would go through the balconies you know, possibly, if it's possible to speak to the neighbors um, and ask them what they, you know, thought of the property. It's not going
0: to happen in Japan. I should probably just let you know in advance. Okay. Um, you don't knock on doors. You don't talk to neighbors. And they, tend to, they tend to freak out. Oh. And in some cases, they'll actually call the police if someone's entered the lobby without permission. Okay. So, fair in case of co-owned buildings, what we do? Uh, sorry, I just got a postal delivery. I'll just open the door. Yeah, microphone. no problem. G- give me a sec. I don't know. <laughs>
1: Yep, sorry i'm with you that's no, okay i do miss the japanese postal system so <laughs>
0: oh so good except when they come on a sunday morning right?
1: Uh,
0: so uh, yeah i mean the owner the owner union will usually um Well, what we go off is the owner union reports and we want to see they've done proper renovations at least in the last 10 years um, because they'll often not have older history than that. They tend to sometimes change management companies if the management company doesn't do very well. So sometimes we only get 10 years back. But we want to see that in those 10 years, um, the exterior, the roof, if there's an elevator, the elevator, we want to see that the big ticket items have been done or that the reserve funds pool that they've collected, Allows for at least one or two of those. Otherwise, it's a red flag for that for us. And then, in the case of those um, older units, it's even more of a red flag. I mean, you can bring an inspector over to walk around the building, and if we're lucky, um, if there's no secure keypad entry there, or if it looks like they're not, you know, too too strict about that, or if the realtor allows us uh, comes with us and allows us to enter the building interior, we're going to be able to look around. This property is vacant so you can definitely look at the interior of that property, but it's not going to give you any information about the state of the rest of the balconies and so forth.
1: No yeah. um, I guess um, you, you sort of are relying heavily on um, you know people's due diligence and, and paperwork and given that it is Japan one would hope that it, it's 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 better than what it needs to be. Um Correct. and then I guess just a visual inspection from the outside is that's the best I can do then provided we can you know we we can't get in or you know we can get in great um well like, like you said just you just you just don't know. Um, this looks we will be able
0: to get we will be able to get into the building interior yeah. so the stairway, the lobby and so forth. We can definitely ask the realtor to show us around. If they're willing, I mean, some of them, especially in Tokyo, they get um, properties go very quickly, especially at this price range. So some of yeah. them will just not be very cooperative because they can just sit on their bums and get offers without catering to us. Yeah. Um, but in, in other cases where they're, you know, at least polite enough or the pro- price is high enough to, to, for them to do go out of their way and go with us to the property and show us through the inside of the building and the interior of that particular unit, uh, we will be able to do that but whether you'll be able to do an actual structural inspection it's probably only going to be of your unit's interior if it does happen not of the entire building for the entire building you need the owner union to allow you to do that yeah um, so aside from just looking around don't expect to be able to do much okay
1: fair enough
0: um yeah. And also this area, the other thing I noted out about this area, um, it's got a lot of people living there, but it's um, it's not a super popular area. One of Japan's seven execution chambers and a giant <laughs> prison is there, one of the biggest <laughs> prisons in Japan. I just think that, like, I obviously had no idea that that was, that was yeah, the case. And the Japanese do tend to pay attention to these kinds of things, as you probably know. So... Um the bad vibes around the neighborhood um just make it less of a stellar area for tenancies, so with yeah. these uh, sort of i mean i don't want to say bad neighborhood because it is japan there's no ghettos and drug labs and people you know there's no shooting in the streets but um the types of tenants you get there are the people who can't afford to live anywhere else so. Okay. Uh, not the best tenant profile and could be a bit harder to populate when
1: it's vacant. I've got it Yeah, I, yeah. I, I get what you're saying. Mm. Plenty of those suburbs in um, in Sydney, except a thousand times worse. Well, minus the crime. There's no crime on the street, which
0: can happen a fair bit in Sydney from memory. so
1: Absolutely, yeah, it, it definitely can. Okay, so I'll move on to the next one. Um,
0: Subinami Ward in Tokyo. That's a nice area again. We like this area. We've actually had a quite a few uh, uh, co- uh, clients purchasing that area. It's a nice corner unit. I like that. So you've got two um, directions. I know that the. Um, I think that's a laundry bay there on the balcony. So that's probably already installed and out of the way, not bothering the tenant. Um, so yeah, again, everything's okay except for the build year. Uh, I'm just again concerned about the build year yeah it's, that's the only thing and this one is seven floors so there's even more management involved in taking care of the building compared to the previous one which was uh, three floors maybe even self-managed um you know instead of a building management company there may be all the owners just um, join together and order an inspection once in a while and even when they do have to renovate um they're not looking at massive bills but with this one, you're already getting to the point where you've got what's that one, two, three, four, five, six, six or seven times seven fifty units. Um, I'm guessing it's a reinforced concrete block, not a wooden structure like the previous one. Yeah. Um so that obviously takes more maintenance. I mean, it, it's more sturdy, but it does require more maintenance on a regular basis, a more expensive one at that. Um uh, with the build year, again, I just don't know what the new legislation will do. So that's the only thing I'm concerned about with this one. Returns-wise, um, for that area, again, it's, it's reasonable and quite normal. If we take off our fee here, which, again, is 4% at this level, you are looking at maybe 14%, let us call it 13%. Worst case, if you buy directly from a realtor, if you take off our portfolio management fee, 4.4% as it stands um but again i don't know what the um i don't know what uh 2020, will bring as far as expenses are concerned and as far as resale value is concerned the building from a very superficial glance, the building does seem to be reasonably well maintained i'm not seeing anything drastic there I'm just bringing it to the front um just from a, a you know a general view it looks like at least the exterior is being done reasonably well so they might not be up for huge hikes in building fees with the new legislation fees, but without actually looking at renovation history and so forth, I just can't tell you that
1: yeah mm. okay well look at um obviously the location really attracted me yeah. i i sort of I, I do definitely agree with what you're saying with the you know the taller buildings um you know for, for me you know it, the location really caught my attention and and um I was like oh you know this is. This is great, you know. Um, you know, I, the, more, the more I in, think about it. The interior
0: like, is beautiful too, by the way. I like what yeah. they have done with the uh, accented wallpaper there and that. We also do that in renovations that we do. Um, the other thing to consider is, um, let's say a building like this, right, the three floors and that's sitting, uh, we don't know how big the land plot is, but let's say a three-floor building does reach the point where it costs too much in building fees or it costs too much to renovate and they don't want to renovate anymore, it's a lot easier for a developer to swoop in and take this one off your hands at a reasonable or close to reasonable price. Yeah. Whereas with this one, if and when it does reach the point where it doesn't become very cost-effective to keep renovating it, um, it's a lot more difficult for a developer to... A, compensate 40 or 50 unit owners. And B, pay for the demolishing and removal of the reinforced concrete building, which is a much, much bigger endeavor than it is like, a, you know, this one's three-floor wooden building, um, very feasible for development costs. This one's a bit of a, they'll have to really make sure that they really like the land plot, that they can really build something profitable enough on the land plot, because 1986 um building codes and uh, area also residential um, zoning has changed. So it may be that on the same size land plot these days, they're not going to be able to build anything that high. It's actually quite likely that they won't be able to.
1: Yeah. Okay.
0: So it becomes an exercise of, well, is it worth it for a developer to purchase it as is, or what they often do in these cases where they want to purchase the land plot, but they don't want to compensate everyone is, um, They'll buy two or three units uh, at normal market prices, which gives them two or three votes on the owner union. And then they'll slowly try to convince the other owners in the meetings or try to get um, one of their owners into a a influential position in the owner union and so forth. And slowly talk the people into um, just like scare tactics. Are you going to lose all of your value if you don't sell it to us now? They'll, they'll end up convincing all they need is 80 percent um, approval by building owners once they get that you're really left with no choice but to sell to them at a really cutthroat price yeah uh, which and is often a strategy you're... that they employ with these
1: bigger older blocks i actually know a guy who did it here in sydney in bondi so yeah. he, he he's a he's a builder but he has a um, a very very uh prestigious property on bondi beach road which is Worth a fortune but he had one apartment um and it's only a block of six apartments which makes it amazing and he bought a second apartment and actually the building did need a lot of repairs which he was willing to do but when they actually got quotes to do the work um some of the tenants had been sort of scared some of the owner occupiers have been scared off and then he offered to buy them out yeah now he owns the whole block so i know exactly you know how that
0: how that how that goes that's the legit way to do it right i just don't no, know that, the, that um, was legit but yeah, yeah. well we've yeah. done um we've had cases in the past where this was done to us or to clients that own properties that we help them purchase and um they, they go hardcore like they um suddenly one of the um one of the owner that the head of the owner union who was handling this whole transaction with a developer suddenly um was voted out in quick succession after uh, they found out that he was either receiving some sort of uh, gifts or bribes. Or, I mean, they they were pretty active in trying to force people to sell at a low price, and they they have succeeded. Uh, I think uh, there wasn't any official complaint filed. It's just the owner union head was suddenly replaced with somebody else, and the other person just didn't do any sort of negotiation with the developer. But at that point, it was too late. They were already in there, and they already had the voting rights. Yeah. So we ended up selling we didn't sell at the loss, we sold at the profit just because of the rental income. I mean the customers have been holding it for quite some time before that. Yeah. Um, but price-wise they sold at about 40% less from what they purchased, which shouldn't have been the case in that area. So it mm. does happen. Mm. So yeah, again, the only thing I don't like about this one is the year of build, just a
1: slight concern there. Yeah, okay.
0: And moving on again so it's the again the prison and execution chamber
1: yeah this is a building that was close to that neighborhood
0: Yeah. and this one's built 1990 so we're not quite at a danger uh, level there. I don't really like the looks of the exterior on this one though um, just yeah. looks really you see all these little rust spots at the bottom of the pipes there and stuff like that. <laughs>
1: That's not a very attractive building.
0: It's not an attractive building. In that area, I wouldn't expect them to be very attractive. Again, nobody moves to that residential suburb for uh, quality of living. Um, The other thing is this one is a first-floor unit, which I can't see clearly in this picture, but if it doesn't have secure um, sort of keypad entry to the building, there single females would not go for that.
1: Yeah, okay. Mm
0: For security issues, they're worried about people being able to gain access to the windows or the balconies or whatnot. Um, Otherwise, not too bad. Um, I would definitely try to bring the price down a little bit if you were going for this one, maybe say 7.5 mil.
1: Whoops, what have I done? looks like there's a yield of 54 percent which no 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 no, 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 no. <laughs> um
0: i would definitely die, try to bring, bring the price down in this area i'd want to see it as close to six percent as possible
1: yes okay
0: it's very suburban and it's a particularly um not popular residential area i mean people still have to live there you're you're probably going to get tenants but i mean look this rent could go down over time uh what's the other one we saw in katsushka was bigger um and that was leasing for 52,000 so i'm wondering this one's a bit more central than the other one but still um yeah i mean look I, I would try to assuming the rent is indeed 56 and the tenant's been there for a while and there's no doesn't look like they have got any immediate plans to move out um i would try to bring the price down if you're interested in that one and again this area would definitely wouldn't be my choice for potential short term rentals okay and also not for. I mean, Tokyo generally is poised to grow price-wise if the economy, if and when the economy does well.
1: Yes, and that's um, what I'm sort of banking on as well. You know, all of the all of the feedback I've had from from sort of a couple of colleagues and and yourself, in fact, is that you know capital growth is forget about it. it it's just you, you can't rely on it. I, I don't know. Um, as my coworker friend said to me today, he says, uh, "You know, you're." you know, you you really want this to work. And I said, well, yeah, I do. I I really believe that, you know, you know, as we all know, Japan has opened up the, you know, the, you know, the restrictions have come down and there will be, there will be more, you know, foreigners moving to to Japan. And, you know, it's what, what goes up must come down and what goes down must come back up again, you know, so. Fingers crossed,
0: but um, we're not seeing it immediately. Right. And COVID definitely didn't help with that as well. Um, And also the other thing, I mean, yes, Tokyo prices went up between, say, 2012 to 18, even 19. But as long as that economic growth, you know, the general GDP growth doesn't trickle down to salaries, we can't raise the rents, right? Yes. And if, if we can't raise the rent, there's a limit to how much property prices can go up. Um, I mean, this is in Hong Kong where the people who live there can't afford to to buy a place. I mean, it's, it's the gap here between the um, the upper and lower echelons is not as big as it is in other countries. So I don't see a bubble bursting here. I just see a, I see a ceiling to how far Tokyo prices can go up before salaries start going up. And that hasn't happened significantly yet.
1: Yeah. Well, I guess that's a, you know... It, it's a good tool and a mechanism that the japanese government have introduced because of that because of the you know the difference um yeah it's yeah you know, especially with the taxes you know trying to you know the, the capital gains taxes and stuff like that it's you, you sort of will they will sort of hit you hard with those and you it's know, not again, a
0: speculative it's not a speculative environment um at all they've done well with that but um i mean look Tokyo prices before COVID were getting very close to what they were before the bubble burst, like 1991, 92. But rents are now close to half what they were when the bubble burst, right? Mm. So that huge gap is already there. I don't see how much higher. And and look, this might not be a popular opinion. I know that a lot of people have faith only in Tokyo and Osaka, right? Um, Yeah. Personally, I just don't know how much further... I mean, there's no economic crashes or huge downturns in Japan. What happens is it just stops growing again, right? And mm. uh, There's no bank, bank rushes or massive layoffs or anything that would spell crisis economically, but how much further prices can go up in, in Tokyo and Osaka, I don't know. I would be far more comfortable speculating on potential price growth in Nagoya and Fukuoka, for example, Yes. Um, because they've still got a lot more room to grow to reach those levels.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, Tokyo and Osaka, without salaries growth and rental growth, I just don't know how much longer it will continue to rise. It might, it might not. I don't know. And the, the Olympics, if and when it happens, is just going to be a temporary boost.
1: Yeah. Exactly. I don't see that
0: as continuing long-term. So I, I don't know. It's a big question mark. And if we're not banking on growth, um, and again – even if Tokyo does grow, that particular area, I don't know how much it will. Um, it's definitely not one of the city's finest. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, t- take the price here with a grain of salt. When you do resell and down the track, even if it's be comfortably before the uh, that 10-year mark, which makes it difficult, I wouldn't expect price growth there. So I would definitely want to bring the price down because this is just – unreasonable. I, I don't want to see this yield in that area. I'm comfortable with it in Shinjuku. I'm comfortable with it in Meguro or the other places we've looked at. Um not in Katsushka. In Katsushka I'm a lot more comfortable with um five closer to six if we can.
1: Yeah, okay. Okay. And then
0: this last one um I, I'm not even gonna talk about this one. The build here is just um okay. For me that's a massive no. Um well, Again, we we aim to serve, right? Like whatever you tell us you want to buy, we'll we'll end up uh, facilitating for you. But if you're asking our opinion, I would definitely not buy buy in a 1974 building. And with this one particularly, I don't even have the exterior, so I've got no idea on how big the building is. I can sort of guess um, it's five floors. I don't know if it's concrete or not. I don't know how wide it is. so I don't know how easy or not easy it is for a developer to make an attractive offer on it down the track. Um, so that for that year, um, if, you were to buy, if you were to tell me that you want to buy the whole building and then you're comfortable with the, eventually demolishing it and repurposing the space for something else, um, that would be great. If you're looking at a single unit and you're subject to whatever the owner union is going to decide to do or not, um, I would definitely not go
1: 1974. Yeah, okay. Yeah. And the only thing, obviously, this one is the just the location. Yeah, the location
0: is good. Um, we also don't know the rent price, right? I mean, the interior mm. looks okay. It's done nicely, not as nice as some of the other places we looked at, but it, it, it's, it's done reasonably well. It looks like a nice interior. Um, and yeah. the view isn't spectacular. I can just guess, but long-term 24 square meters in a good area in Tokyo um, let's say a hundred thousand I mean it's still a single uh, a single apartment right you, I mean you might be able to squeeze in a couple with a baby but that would be pretty rare or not not yeah. very not very likely so what did I do they do a million again yes I did take one of those zeros off so I mean look it's really s- just still a bedroom. It's a relatively large bedroom for a Japanese apartment, but it's not that big because look at the um the separate toilet and bath here take up a fair bit of space. Yeah. So of those 24 square meters, this is what maybe 16, 15. Yeah, I, at I most like maybe that. even less than that. Mm. Um a very low earning couple maybe, but usually it's going to be a single apartment again, right? Yeah. And it's not fancy. I mean, it's a nice renovation. It's not super fancy. So a single person's apartment, even in the heart of Tokyo, um, maybe 100000 if we're lucky, but I would probably assume something closer to $80,000. Um, and the thing is, again, it's 1974, so I'm not sure how attractive the exterior is for somebody who's looking to rent at that price level. Mm. Um, If they're paying 80 or 100,000, they would usually, especially being Japanese, they would usually opt for a smaller space in a nicer building. Yeah, okay. Because 1974 would probably, again, we haven't seen the exterior, but probably is not super attractive uh, from the outside. If you're talking about a single person who occasionally wants to bring a date over or something like that, they probably go for the nicer building, a nicer apartment, even if it's smaller. Yeah um so i, I don 't know there would need we would need to do some rent research, which is what I wrote down here, and um, to mm-hmm. see what we could potentially get for it. you could definitely go the short term rental way with this one though so if you're looking at short term rental for central Tokyo, again you 're hoping to get something like one twenty thousand uh, i 'm talking about monthly yeah not airbnb and uh, monthly, uh, yeah monthly um, yeah yeah so you're hoping to get something like one hundred and twenty thousand and then it becomes really attractive um but Number one, I don't know when and how efficient monthly rentals are going to be post-COVID. I just don't have any idea about that at the moment. They're not doing well right now. And the other thing is the age of the building. I'm just more than slightly concerned about this age. 1987, Mm -hmm. you could maybe like twist my arm and I tell you, you know, maybe it's good for five years. This one, I haven't got a clue what's going to happen with it. We'd need to see the building's renovation history and the reports by the owners union um, to even begin to consider it. Um, but my, my definitely my tendency is to say no to anything this
1: old. Okay.
0: Yeah. So th- did you want to look at any more specific examples from what you looked at? You, you can feed them all into this Excel sheet here, right? Like you can just grab the prices, uh, the building fees, and the prices and the rent prices if you've got them, put them here. That will first and foremost give you the, um, the percentage yield. And then yeah. you can sort of go by what we've done here. So if you see that the building is over 10 million, factor in maybe 17 percent purchase costs. if it's really cheap like this one, put in uh, 15 plus 275, or you can, you can put in you can put in 20 percent. If it's close to five million, that'll be accurate enough. Um, and then just play with that and see what the yield is like. Um, but did you want to dig into any
1: of those specifically? um look i I think um the only one that sort of made sense was um which was it was it the first or second one uh first Um, email or second email which one are we talking about oh sorry um the the yokohama property um was from the first one but then i sent another one in the same sorry
0: in the same excel sheet you mean this one on the same excel
1: sheet but then um also so there was there was a possibility of this one but i actually have a friend from yokohama and i spoke to him about this property and given his local knowledge this building is close to where his parents live um and he said that this area is quite hilly yep so
0: it looked like pictures too. yeah
1: no so he he said to me oh Look, it's okay, but it's it's very very hilly, and that, that, you know, that that's where his comments were. So again, another another sort of little flag. It says okay, you know what? It's you know people people walking from here into the station. They they're dreading to walk up the hill at the end of the day. You know. Yeah, so again, it
0: depends depends on who the tenant is, right? This is suburban, so I wouldn't assume you'd have too many um like salarymen who work in the city coming to live here, right? it yeah. most likely be elderly folk or really, really low-income income earners, like convenience store workers and so forth. So they're not going to be dragging, um, you know, weekend travel suitcases up and down the, the road. Um, mm. So not, not necessarily a huge issues, but, again, lower-profile tenants. That's
1: all. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, so I guess a, the second uh, email. Second email. Okay, so let me go up. So the the second email. Um, so you got three links remember, there, right? Yes, I think the first link was yep. sort of closer to a better train line in in Yokohama. Yep. Um, let's see. No, that's Kawasaki, not Yokohama. Oh, it's Kawasaki. Yep. Okay. Oh, was this the one that's fifty-five minutes to Ginza? Forty-five minutes to Ginza.
0: Um, Let me have a quick look. Um, Doesn't say anything. But let me just bring up the address. Give me a second.
1: Uh, forty-seven minutes to Shinagawa, or fifty-five minutes to Ginza. You see Is that it, in it, the it, listing? In the listing itself, or are you using Google Maps?
0: Um I'm using Google Maps. Okay, so I, I haven't I haven't run through that. Okay, so let me just look at the location itself. If it's Kawasaki, I'm usually a lot more happy about the fact that it's close to Haneda.
1: Yeah. yeah. So it was seven thousand two hundred. Uh, so, 7,200,000 yen? Yep. That's the yeah, one. I'm seeing that. So, yeah,
0: it's... Let's get a quick read on Haneda Airport. Um, 43 minutes. Okay, so same sort of distance. 43, 45 minutes to everywhere, right? To, to Ginza, to Shibuya, uh, yeah. to Haneda Airport... And then I wonder, let me just have a quick look at how far to Yokohama Station, because that's also a popular hangout for people who live in Kawasaki. Um, so even shorter, 30 minutes or so, to uh, plus the walk, 36 minutes to uh, Yokohama Station. So it's a nice, nice suburban location in between Tokyo, Kawasaki and Haneda. We like it.
1: Yeah, you with me? Uh, yeah, yeah. So this was the, I guess so this we, was the other one. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I like this one as well. And um, the bill so year. Let you me put out. the
0: prices in. Just give me a second. So I'm putting in 7.2 million. I'm putting in uh, building fees of 9,200. And I'm putting in, does it say rental income? Uh, estimated annual rental income, 600000 So,
1: Are you able to share your screen with me? Yep, give me a oh sorry. oh, sorry. Give me a sec. Um. Can you see it now? Um, not, no, yet. not
0: yet. How about now? Oh, uh,
1: now. Yep.
0: yep. So let me, I'll just get rid, I just copied the previous sheet. So let me get rid of all those pictures. And get rid of this text. And that was built 1993, and it's tenanted. Okay, so let's just ignore the text for a second. Just look at the numbers. So that's 7.2. 600,000 divided by 12, that gives us 50,000 rent. Building fee is 9.2. So that's not bad. The thing is with this one, if you're buying it directly, you're probably looking at 14% worst-case purchase costs. Let's say you don't need us. If you don't need us, um, 5.5 at best. It's not suburban Tokyo. It's more like it's Kawasaki, but it is it is reasonable. And if you're looking at buying through us, it's probably gonna be worst case costs maybe 18%. And then you would need our management fee again. So 4.8 to 5.2 if you do take on management on your own at some point. Yeah. Um it's not bad and I think the location would be attractive for uh, short term leases in the future as well if it's um 11 minute walk to the station with suitcases might be a bit of a stretch for some people but it's not too bad compared to some of the places they rent out.
1: Yeah. Mm. Okay. The building
0: does look uh, well maintained they do like that.
1: Yeah, it's one of the better um, uh, ones, it's quite yeah. it seems quite bright
0: south facing balcony so plenty of light long term long term tenants will like that um those things are meaningless for us if you're looking at Tokyo there's a convenience store anywhere so we're not too concerned about that um i like the f- i like the fact that it's um it's broken up into um looks like dining plus plus bedroom right yeah right next to the kitchen there, if you look at the floor plan, there's a dining area.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: So I do like that side of it. That probably gives you a bit more room to play with the interior design, too, which is what you like to do.
1: Yes, that's correct. Uh,
0: And it's definitely got an elevator. It's a 10-story building, so we're not concerned about the fourth floor. Um, Yeah, it looks looks good. I mean... um, the returns could be better, but we could try to, if I go back to the Excel, we could try to bring the price down a little bit, let's say six eight.
1: I mean, typically, um, if we were to go chase this property, um, you would negotiate on my behalf, or how does that work? Yep,
0: that's what we would normally be doing, if possible. I mean, sometimes it is, sometimes yeah, it's
1: not. It yeah. depends yeah. on
0: how stubborn the seller is and uh, whether they get a lot of offers lined up, but we can definitely try if we were to represent you in the purchase we're looking at a worst case 18 percent and then if we take the price down to 6.8 million uh, we're getting 5.1 uh, which for 1993 kawasaki yokohama um, is not bad it's not central yokohama so i would like to see slightly higher yield but i mean it's it's definitely doable and it does have a lot of potential looking down the road short-term rentals and so forth so yeah It's a, it's a nice one. I
1: like that one Uh, of the ones that you've showed me so far. I actually like it the best. Yeah. Yeah. It it makes, it makes a bit more sense. Definitely. Um, Okay. Awesome. Um, The other ones I shared with you in the second email, 7.44 minutes. Should we uh, just think my camera was off. Sorry about that. Oh, that's okay. Um, was another building in the second email the second link but it looks like there's quite a few apartments i think there's three apartments for sale in this same building (coughs) i don't know what that translates to is it an older buyer wanting to cash out now or is it usually the case yes
0: so it might be an older buyer or um the 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 downside of that could be that something's happened with management or building fees or something um, and then suddenly a few owners want to sell at the same time. Yeah. And But in most cases, yes, it's going to be a single buyer who's looking to offload a few of their properties. Um, so if I put in the numbers in that one, let's have a look at this one. First of all, let me look at the location. So one minute walk to Tukaichiba, Chiba, Tukai Chiba, okay but that that, let me share my maps with you as well give me a second (laughs) and where's google maps there it is um this is really suburban though isn't it um If you look at how long it takes anyone to get from here, um, let's look at all the popular places. So if we're looking at Yokohama Station, 28 minutes. Okay, Yokohama Station, not too bad. If we're looking at uh, Shibuya Station... 44 minutes. The only thing is we don't have the attractivity of being close to Haneda with this one. Okay. Um, It's about an hour to Haneda. So this is really attractive for people who want to live close to Kawasaki or Yokohama. Um, But compared to the other one, which was near Haneda, it doesn't give us that added value. So... 40 minutes to Kawasaki, 45 minutes to Shibuya, uh, 30 minutes to Yokohama Station. But if somebody wants to be close to Yokohama Station, they probably can find better places to rent. So let's, yeah, look yeah. At, let's look at the numbers for this one. Just give me a sec. So this one is, um, where's the price? $8,750. And we've got rental income of oh, no, no rental income. Okay. Why are they not telling us the rental income on this one?
1: Am I missing it? Is it somewhere? It just says gross yield 7.5. It uh, doesn't tell me anything, unfortunately. Yeah, uh, 5,850. Right, okay, okay, let's
0: put in the building fees.
1: 5,850, 28,30. Uh, management fee, a repairing fund. The repairing fund seems quite good. Printed, daily service.
0: Yeah, well, that's why I'm thinking it might be possible that they've received notice from building management that the reserve fund fee is going to go up soon, Yeah, which might be why you're suddenly seeing three units being sold, either by the same owner or a few of them. Um, And just looking at the size, so let's look at the size of this one. So that's a lot smaller than the previous one that we've just looked at. And in my opinion, it's more suburban. Unless that person really wants to be closer to Yokohama Station, the location is not as attractive as the previous one we have just looked at.
1: Okay. Um, so yeah, the rent is probably it's probably lower. Or they yeah, but I mean,
0: look, even if the rent is the same, we're down to four percent again, right?
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: And we can try to bring let's bring this down to seventeen percent. Even if even if we bring it down to you're not really improving the yield much. And rent could be higher, we don't know, but they're saying the gross rental is, I mean, gross rental is a really misleading calculation, but just going up, um, because the same website going up what they say, um, 60,000, but I, I can't see how it would fetch more rent than the previous one if it's smaller and the location is more suburban yeah and so i'm wondering what they're charging more for like what are they thinking there that's worth paying more than that previous one the 7.2 yeah yeah Um, i don't know i don't know maybe i'm missing out on something location wise. did your friend who lives in yokohama uh, have any comments to mention about that particular location
1: actually i didn't ask him about this one um But he did mention a couple of other locations to me that really um, got me interested. Um, And they were in relation to a, you know, obviously a quicker train line, sort of half an hour from Yokohama to Shibuya. Yeah. I forget the name of the area now, but it was uh, one of the beside the one of the main lines uh, um, begins with a T. Tokichaibo, no, I can't remember. Tokudai? Okodai maybe well if I look at
0: I'm just looking at the previous one again let me grab that address again maybe because this is Yokohama and that one is officially Kawasaki maybe that's why they think the price should be higher and maybe rental prices are higher I'm not sure but if I bring up let's just bring up both of those maps next to each other Check mine as well. Wake up, Jeff.
1: Oh, there we go. So, new
0: share. What's the other share I want to give you? Um,
1: I guess anywhere on the other side of the Tama River, in that sort of uh, Mizuno Kuchi sort of area. Um, yeah, look,
0: I'm much. I'm maybe it's just me, but I'm much more like the location.
1: I do. Of- I like that one.
0: The, that one just looks really suburban to me. I could be really wrong about something because I'm not a Yokohama resident and I could ask some agents and people that um, live there. But the first location looks better to me. So unless I'm missing out on something, I think the price is probably the price and definitely the price to value ratio is a lot better on the first one. Yeah. Um, but again, that, that would take more digging into. I can't really say. And maybe the price is lower on the first one because the first one's got some problem with the billing management. I don't know. Um that's where the uh, due diligence we need to do pre-purchase comes in. Uh, Those two are probably comparable, but personally, I like the first one better.
1: And it is like, it it does have that walking distance to the, to the, to the sort of Bay area. Yeah. Um, And I'm looking at the third one that you forwarded now, the third
0: link on that same email. Yes. That's a really nice building. Um and check out the location. Okay, so the building is nice. The location is quite suburban again. Uh, distance to Yokohama Station. Oh, no, no, sorry. What have I done? Go back. I want directions to Yokohama Station from here. So this one, yes, similar distance to Yokohama Station. And if we're looking at Shibuya, I'm guessing they'll have to pass through Yokohama Station anyway, so that doesn't change much. Um, yeah, same 40, 45 minutes. Oh, no, they don't have to go to Yokohama Station. They can actually... Break a left kind of thing and okay so i mean similar distance i like the looks of the building the building
1: looks very nice yeah um it is quite attractive actually
0: yeah and let me just
1: but this is the same it looks the same as the previous one because the layer the layer plan is the exact same sketch it is um
0: so i do tell...
1: a lot on this one
0: i don't know you need to uh, you need to ask it's a different address
1: though definitely a different address uh, yeah, you're right actually same architect
0: <laughs> yeah i think they might have just used the same floor plan by mistake okay it's not the same the are you talking about the logo on the right
1: um, uh, yeah. Same architect yeah actually you're, i think maybe you're right maybe they just use the same floor plan yeah, it, 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 the only thing that's similar is the curves on the balconies. Yeah,
0: I know. Let, let's put the floor, so, floor plan aside from the, for a moment. This is also 1993, so I'm assuming the toilet and the bath would be separate in both of them. I'm not sure why. I don't know. We'll need to look into it. Um So numbers wise, this is eight million um rent price not specified again so that that makes it really difficult for me five eight fifty twenty eight thirty so oh no the prices are the same again that's something's a bit off there man because the uh, building fees are exactly the same
1: maybe they've they've messed up the listing or something yeah
0: i think some copy paste issues there
1: yeah I think so. Um, so I don't know. We just don't know much
0: about this one. If the uh, building exterior is anything to go by, it's a gorgeous building, but um, that doesn't look like 1993 to me. Maybe they're showing you a picture of some shopping center next to the building or something.
1: All oh, right. Yeah. That. I'm not. Might...
0: I'm not sure what that is. I have no idea. This one's a bit of a mystery. This listing.
1: I guess one of the other questions I had um, for this meeting was. Yep. When we when we go ahead and purchase a property, um I I read somewhere recently that and I, I, it makes sense to me but I didn't I didn't think of it at the time, but I actually have to be I have to view the apartment before I actually make the purchase. Um if
0: to, you buy if you buy vacant you can do that, but if you're buying um a tenanted property, you're not allowed to enter. There's no inspections while a tenant is residing in the property.
1: Oh, okay. So there's no need for me to be in Japan then. There's well, no need for you to be in
0: Japan anyway, because if you go through us, we can represent you. And if you really want to, we can definitely take a trip to the property. We're not going to charge you any extra for that, just for transportation and accommodation fees. Yep. Um, and we travel coach, so that's not going to break the bank. But um, <laughs> we, don't, um, we can't enter tenanted properties. That's the only thing. So unless you're buying into vacant, which means that you're buying straight into expenses, not into income. Uh, if you're buying vacant, we can go there, we can even ask the agent in some cases. Um, once we've submitted an offer, the agent will be willing to go out of the way and go take pictures for us. Um, yeah. If for any reason you want to just have the peace of mind that we you know, we had a look at everything that needs to be looked at, then we can go in person and do the uh, pictures or a walkthrough video or whatever you want ourselves. Um, but otherwise, there's no need for you to be here physically now.
1: Oh, okay, well that's, that's good to know. Um... That was something else that worried me just just during COVID. Um, obviously, you know, there's no traveling at the moment, so yeah. I had hopes that that would be. I had hope to take in the 100 meter sprint in, for the Olympics, but um, I don't think that's going to happen now. Either. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'd, lo- I'd love to. I'd love to go. I'd love to. You know, if I can come up with good, a good enough excuse to give. Um, you know. Um, the, uh, the local politicians here, for, you know, for a reason for me to leave the country. Um, yeah, <laughs> right, you know, because that's, that's what it comes down to. It's like, this is, you know, you're not allowed to leave, basically. Um, yeah. So that's, 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 that's the rules uh, before well, that. The really, best,
0: uh, vast majority of our clients buy um, without actually visiting in person, unless they're buying a holiday home. If they're buying a holiday home, they'll either definitely pay us to go and uh, inspect it in person. Hmm. or uh, they might come here when borders are open and look at them themselves. But the investment properties, I mean, our customers sometimes come to meet us before or after the purchase or after the purchase, they might come and take a walk around the neighborhood and look at the building. Um, But otherwise they don't really come here in person. They look at Excel sheets and uh, we try to give them the best due diligence that we can based on the tenancy information, the building information, reserve fund, and of course the area. Um, and they buy based on that in most cases but we're always we're always happy to take people around i haven't done this for over a year but we're always happy to
1: yeah Mm. um one of the other questions i had um for you was um i I recently i seen a post on your instagram of another property in fukuoka that was advertised i think it was a 7.2 percent yield gross yield maybe and um, you had commented that it was actually a, a really a really good deal. Um, for me, I guess in my mind, as a backup plan, if if I do purchase something, I'm always thinking, well, look, if, if things go the way they, uh, the, the way we don't, you know, the way that we don't plan for, I yeah. could always live in this place for six months, you know, and it, that's the type of my my rationale when it comes to um, bad bad investments, especially with property um can i see myself living there for a short amount of time yep um and um i guess was that, was um, that a
0: property I'm, I'm just trying to find it now was that a property that you would actually want to live in though because the 7.2 percent properties are usually not places that i'd be comfortable living in myself
1: yeah i mm-hmm. guess i guess i guess i guess not but it's always a worst case scenario to the situation um yeah. So this one that you posted, it's a family-sized property. Sorry, it was in Co- Kobe. Sorry, in Kobe. Um, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. Six point one uh, net pre-tax annual yield. Oh uh, yeah. Okay, uh, yeah. I'm seeing that one. Yep. I mean, for you, um, Ziv, if you're if you're looking at this property, yep. it's obviously. I mean, what are the? Okay, pre-net tax six so what would, it, what would the yield be on that one, say, for example, after? Um well, what I've written down and what, I, what we put down on our social media or on our website is always the
0: real yield as we uh, calculated, same based on that Excel sheet. So let me open that particular property up for you. Give me a second. When was this published? This was April. So that will be just now.
1: Is this more of a Danji? Oh. Yeah,
0: just give me a second. Are you seeing my screen now, with the new Excel? Uh, not yet. So I think Zoom has only shared a particular file. Just give me a second. Share. There we go. How about now?
1: John? Yeah, it's, it's uh. You're seeing it now? It's starting to pop up. Oh, okay. Yeah, I can see it now.
0: Yep. yep. So this is actually looks like even better yield than I put. Is that the one? The, the meter. Yeah, that's the one. The square meters look off, though. Just give me a sec. 63.18. Um, no. You've
1: got 63.15. Yeah, it's the same one, I think.
0: Wait, wait. Let me try to quickly. No, that. Oh no, that's not the one either. Nagoya. Maybe it is that one. Let's open the link and see if that looks like the same picture. Five point seven. No, that's not the one. Spare with me. Um, Let me look at the other Kobe property I had there. Maybe this one. No, I think that might be... The price doesn't look right too. That might be from a previous month. Hang on a tick. Um, Sixty-three point eighteen. No, the price is wrong on this one too. That one, the one that I'm looking at, is five point seven this is uh close to 105 us so it's not that one let me just check in the march file it's all fukuoka have i got kobe in there somewhere
1: do you actually ever come across properties with yields over nine percent after you know um, post everything's been paid, you know net? We do occasionally,
0: but um, those are either in uh, far more suburban areas, so like Kumamoto City, Sapporo, for example. Sapporo is not suburban, but it's uh, one of the lower uh, one of the lower price cities of the big cities in Japan. Yeah, but we would. Um, there would normally be a reason for that. So, it would either be a current tenant that's paying a lot more than the average rent, um, or it could be something that's, again, coming close to that age um, where okay. it becomes a bit riskier. Um, okay, so are you seeing my screen now? I just showed another one. Yep. Yep. So, this is the one that you were looking at. Okay. And this is, let me just check that we've got the prices right. So this has got 18%. I would probably assume even closer to 17% on this one. because um, the price is over 10 million. Um, so yeah, 6.1, 6.2. Um, what I liked about this one is just the family sized, the fact that it was a family-sized properties, property. Yep. Um I don't have a link for this one here, which means that we've probably received it directly from Realtor via PDF Um, before before they actually put it out on the uh, multi-listing website. So we'll have to check whether it's still available or not. We can't actually see a link online for that one. Okay. Um, But looking at the photos, where are the photos? So that's... 3 WP002. Let me bring I'll bring up the rest of the photos that we've got for it. Oh no, we don't. We only have the floor plan. I'll bring up a floor plan for you to see. Give me a sec. And let me share
1: this. So that's the floor plan. Oh, it is quite big.
0: Yes, so it's, it's a lot bigger than what we normally see. It's a family-sized property, which I like because family tenants tend to stay a lot longer and take better care of properties. Mm-hmm. And it's got an open plan kitchen into a living dining area. It's got a tatami mat bedroom plus another two rooms and a couple of balconies. Like there's a big one um, to the west, southwest. So not, not ideal for the sunlight, but and still, two balconies is great. And this this is actually not a balcony. It's probably a laundry hanging area. It's sort of hanging down over the side of the building. Um, okay. But, it, I mean, it functions as a balcony. You can't stand on it, but you can look out. It's like a big window with a space to hang uh, clothes from to dry. Mm-hmm. Um, but, again, what I like most about it is the size of the place, the year build, uh, and it's um, – where is it? Location wise, let's have a look at the map for a second. So, if we look at the map, um, it's suburban, but not crazy suburban like if i if I scroll down, I can see uh, quite a few like book off for example, they don't build bookoff shops in the area where there's nobody coming to them, like it's not going to be super suburban yeah, okay. Fair, uh, I fair, fair, fair. quite a few schools and kindergartens around there. I see a park nearby um I'm not seeing any hospitals, another school um So I don't know Kobe. Oh, there is a hospital not too far off. I don't know Kobe all that well. We'll have to um, ask some agents or people who are actually living there. Um, But generally speaking, it's a very good city to be investing in. And that area does look like comfortable suburban to me. It's not super central, but it's comfortable suburban. Mm -hmm. So to see 6.1 or 6.2 in Kobe For a family-sized unit built 1994, it would have to be a really bad area to convince me not to go for it. And Kobe doesn't have any of the, um, you know, the the neighborhoods that are really
1: classified as bad. So, yeah, yeah, I I do like that one. Still, Kobe is still quite popular with um, foreign foreigners.
0: Yes, it is quite popular with foreigners. It's one of Japan's biggest uh, port towns, but it's also a uh, very mixed industry, so it's it's not definitely not just blue collar.
1: Um, mixed people- What's that? There's, there's um, I believe there's a lot of um, it's very multi very multicultural. Um, yeah. Yes. It's a, it's in one
0: of the international holiday destinations, so it's definitely not um, It's definitely not a bad place to live, and it's definitely – it's one of Japan's more popular cities. Kind of like Fukuoka, everyone that I speak to who lives in Kobe is like swears by the city. So I'm quite comfortable with most of the neighborhoods around there. And, uh, yeah, the property profile is is pretty good. So at this yield level, I would definitely go for that one over any of the ones that we've seen today, except maybe that um, Kawasaki Haneda one. That was pretty attractive to me too, but the yield was a lot lower. Yeah and it wasn't a family sized property it was maybe a couple sized property but definitely not family sized. And mm-hmm. um, 63 you're going to get um mom dad grandma and the kid living in there in
1: Japan so so that's that's very that's um yeah. 63 here in Sydney so it's obviously it's totally different yeah. I know I know. <laughs> But yeah, we've got a um, we've got
0: a friend. It was getting small for us, but we also you know half of our work we do from home. But we um, were sharing an apartment, uh, sharing a, a building with a now they're good friends. But the, the person living in front of us had the exact same uh, apartment layout to ours, which is again close. I think 60 or 65 square, and they're living there with uh, two cats and a teenage son, uh, which for me is like wow. But yeah people do that here on a regular basis so
1: yeah god it's like um, it's like Ireland in the um, in the 60s, 60s. yeah,
0: <laughs> uh. yeah I, I personally do like this one and 1994 right like when we usually see these family units they're usually yeah. late 80s at the best um, yeah so 1994 for a family sized unit is rare and, and very good okay I mean, the ones with good yield, you can always find one that's, you know, generating three percent. But
1: we we do usually don't look into those. Yeah, that's that's fair enough. it, it is quite small. And it was interesting that you know I like the way your spreadsheet had the breakdown and and you know return of investment over over, over the years. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the more I look at it. Um, I've just been so used to the Australian pro- property market, and you know, twenty twenty years for for a return on the investment is is, is obviously a long time. But yeah. at the same time, it's it's really a, it's a long it's a long sort of strategy. It's, well, hopefully, uh, they grow in Australia too. Here, that's very far
0: from being a given. So, yeah, yeah. So we do want to see yeah. higher. We do want to see higher
1: cash flow for sure. Hmm. Yeah. No. Definitely. Hmm. Um, you know, those yields can justify it. Yeah. And I think the location is right. I think, you know, I think that, that they're very, they're very good to invest in. Yeah. Question is whether it's still available. I'll have to contact the realtor for that. Yeah. No problem. Um, I think that was everything. All Amazing. right. Um, yeah. Thanks so much for, um, for your time and all your efforts so far. I know you've been, um, uh you know entertaining me um up until now with everything and um oh, thanks so much for your for your patience and well, today we're um,
0: entertaining our uh, youtube channel listeners and podcast yeah. listeners so you, you've returned the favor
1: yeah now look um yeah i can't wait to, to to go back over this and um have another good look at the analytics and um actually over the last week two weeks i have been sort of looking a bit deeper into it and um yeah, I'd be interested to also see other other apartments that, you, that you're that recommending as well. Um, although that one we just looked at was very, very interesting. So.
0: Yep. All right. Well, um, do your homework. Again, feel free to feed any of those numbers into the Excel sheets. And if you want me to uh, give you feedback on any of them, just send them my way and I'll let you know what I think.
1: Okay, cool. All right. Awesome. Good speaking Thank with you, man. Thanks so much. Thank you. Bye. Bye-bye. All right,
0: so that was a long one um, hopefully they're well worth your time as it does show you what we look at when we analyze these potential property deals um, on a daily basis here at NTI. So as you could probably tell from the conversation, these wouldn't necessarily be the prop- properties that we would recommend to most of our clients, except in one or two cases. But John specifically wanted to review and analyze these particular properties that he found on his own while searching online. And the other takeaway here, of course, is that browsing the limited English resources available online isn't always the best course of action to take. So you're probably going to be a lot better off if you can work directly with Japanese property websites either on your own with translation software handy or via someone like us as your proxy, you'll get far better exposure to what the market has to offer on the native platforms, not to mention clearer and more accurate information. Although in many cases, even the Japanese websites won't have all of the information available in all listings. And even when they do, there's really no substitute to professional experience, representation, and advice, which is what we're all about here at NTI. So don't be shy. If you'd like us to go through a similar exercise with you, we don't charge for our time. First couple of hours of consultation or research are always free. And as you could see, if you agree to be on the podcast or the YouTube channel, we'll be even more accommodating with our time. So drop us a line in the comment section or wherever you might have found this episode uh, or directly via email on info at NipponTradings.com. That's info at Mark N-I-P-P-O-N, NipponTradings with an S or one word, info at NipponTradings.com. And let's talk shop. Oh, and also do feel free to hit me up if you'd like a copy of these deal analysis spreadsheets that we've been reviewing together with John. More than happy to share those with you as well. And if you're thinking about setting up or tweaking your online presence, either here in Japan or overseas, Quick reminder that one of our other sponsors is Humble Bunny, the best bilingual English and Japanese web design and e-commerce implementer here in Japan. So if you've got a business, big or small, or are working for a business that needs a better online presence, hit them up on inquisitive at humblebunny.com. Ask to speak with Nate, tell him you heard about the company here on the podcast, and they'll sort you right out at very reasonable prices. And if you've got any other kind of Japan-related business or product or project that you'd like to advertise here on the podcast and reach tens of thousands, hopefully soon to be hundreds of thousands, uh, English speakers who are either in Japan, regular visitors to Japan, or just interested in Japan in any way, shape, or form, reach out to us and ask about our sponsorship programs. We're mostly full for the next few months, but we could potentially have some available spots for you to advertise on from the third quarter of this year. Or so so just let us know and we'll give you an estimate and a timeline for advertising on the podcast it is a lot cheaper than you might think so that's it from us for today folks hope you've enjoyed this episode of the japan real estate podcast hope to have you with us again next time and as always we would really appreciate it if you could share this episode and the podcast with your own networks or leave us a rating review on the itunes store let us and the world know what you thought about it have a great day or night ahead and until next time